Good morning. I'd like to begin with a prayer I adapted from Malcolm Muggeridge, who was an agnostic Englishman who became a very devout Christian. So let us bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Oh God, stay with us. Let no word cross my lips that is not your word. Let no thought enter our minds that is not your thoughts. Let no deed be done or entertained by us that is not your deed. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I always think All Saints Sunday is a very special, special Sunday where we honor those who have died this past year by the light of the candles, the ringing the bell, and remembering them. It's a way of celebrating and giving God thanks for the gift of their lives. But also I begin to think too, the other way we really celebrate their life, too, is at funerals. I don't know how many times I have been asked, how many funerals have you officiated at? How many weddings have you done? I know some of my clergy colleagues uh, have kept track of that. I have never kept track of that. Part of me kind of wishes that I had, because I had my first funeral a little over 48 years ago was my first funeral. But every funeral that I have ever officiated at, every bedside that I have sat next to someone who passed from this life to life beyond death, without exception, those moments bring us the reality of what's really important to life. God, family, and friends. Death teaches us nothing new. It just reminds us of what's truly important in the journey of life. And I can tell you that every funeral I have done, it just makes no difference how much money they made, how big their house was, or, or what degrees they had had, or what prestigious positions they had held. What really is important is God and their family and their friends. And so on this Sunday, we recognize those who have gone before us and we call them saints, but I think, what is a saint? But when I think of a saint, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Roman Catholic and Orthodox traditions that uh, go through a long process of canonizing certain people because of their extraordinary work and service to God. And they are exceptional. But in the Protestant faith, uh, we have a different perspective of who saints are. I mean, we see if you're part of the church, you are a saint, living or dead. I mean, in the New Testament, in the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, there are 63 times in the New Testament that a saint, the word saint or saints is mentioned. Sometimes it refers to those who have passed on, like the book of Matthew or the book of Revelations mentions saints who have died. But look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is writing those church over 40 times he mentions saints in his letter. Those people aren't dead. They are people who are alive in the church. So, so who is a saint? I mean, uh, look around the room. Look at who's sitting next to you. They're saints. And you have to realize, uh, even the Roman Catholics, when they've canonized people, they are not perfect people. I mean, the latest one that I know of that they have canonized is Mother Teresa of Calcutta. 
Now, Mother Teresa of Calcutta was an amazing woman. Her work with the least in society, her compassion, her care, uh, is just mind-boggling. I mean, her, uh, she was an inspiration to so many people. But even Mother Teresa was not perfect. I mean, if you read her journals, uh, she had a sharp temper. In her journals, she talks about uh, struggling with some spiritual issues. Uh, she had doubts. And it's hard to think of a saint having doubts. But I think doubts are part of the journey of faith. No matter who you are, doubts are part of it. I like Frederick Buechner. He is a Presbyterian pastor. And here's how he defines doubts. Doubts are the ants in the pants of faith that keep us alive and moving. If you have a doubt, if you just ignore it like I'm not supposed to have a doubt and kind of push it aside, you're, no, you're supposed to wrestle with those doubts because why are you doubting and what are you doubting and kind of look at it and as you struggle with God's grace, you maybe have some new insights into it, maybe some new understandings of what it's all about or, or maybe you never can quite understand what the doubt is all about. And sometimes it comes to just, I don't know, but I just trust in God. I don't understand. I can't articulate an answer. That's part of how we grow in our faith, of continuing to grow in our faith day by day. No, uh, one of the definitions of saints that I like is this definition on the screen. Saints are not holy, perfect people, but people who somehow have figured out how to make their lives an offering to God. That's who a saint is. Yes, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses of those who have gone before us. And I think it's so important as to recognize those people and all their contributions, how they have taught us about the journey of faith. But also to recognize that we have saints next to us that are also important on the journey of faith. Because it was one of my favorite authors is Rachel Held Evans. I love her books. But here's what she said that I think is important. I can't be a Christian on my own. Like it or not, Following Jesus is a group activity, something we're supposed to do together. We're going to need each other's help. On this journey of faith, it's not a solo journey. We need each other's faith. As we, as we go through difficult times, as we struggle with different issues in life, we need one another's company. That's one of the reasons I selected the book of Hebrews to be the scripture read today. If you read the book of Hebrews from the first chapter to the last chapter, you read about a community of faith that is struggling. As the professor Thomas Long puts it out, it is a tired community. They're tired of striving and serving other people. They're tired of praying. They're tired. And we don't know all the tensions going on in their society or their church, but they're tired of trying to walk the walk. They're try tired of trying to talk the talk. They're, they're just tired. And some are even leaving the church. And as I thought of that community of faith, I don't know about you, but in our country today, I'm tired at times. I feel that tiredness. I get so tired of the hostility 
the name-calling, when people disagree with you, demeaning them, ridiculing them, embarrassing them, trying to humiliate them. I mean, if you have a different position, it's just, it's tiring. It's just tiring. I, I get tired of all the people who are dying from COVID. They don't have to die because we have a vaccine. I, I get tired of taking a medical issue and making it into a political issue. I, I get tired of, of the shootings in the mall like we had. I get tired of the racial discrimination and, and the hostility between people. It, it just gets tiring after a while. And, and as a Christian, in the midst of all this going on in our world, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to live my life of love, following the example of Jesus. Jesus came that, that, that those who believe in him may not walk in darkness, but walk in the light. And that's not easy to do with all the tensions and animosity that's going on in our world. But that's, that's what we're called as disciples of Jesus Christ. I like how the Apostle Paul put, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here are the, here are the gifts of the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, I think in my own journey of faith, a lot of times I don't have those gifts. I need help to struggle to how to relate to people who come across so hostile, so angry. I mean, to disagree is one thing but also to listen to one another. How can we make a difference in this world? It's, it's not easy. That's why the book of Hebrews, where I like that book so much, is what he does in the book of Hebrews. He said it's important to rely on one another as you go through this, but also to recognize the cloud of witness, those who have gone before us, to recognize and learn from them. For those that we know who have died this year, as well as those in past generations, the wisdom that they have to learn. Because when the book of Hebrews writes, it lists people from Scripture to remember that, that community to remember. To remember that their life was not easy. To be a follower of God does not mean it's going to be a smooth, easy life where everything's going to be easy for you and you're going to have wealth and prosperity and happiness and it's just going to go smooth. No, it's ups and downs. It struggles as you go through it. And I like when the writer brings up Abraham and Sarah. I mean, here, these are very elderly people. Yet God had work for them to do. Or they brings up the prophets, like Jeremiah. When Jeremiah felt the call to be a prophet of God, his first response is, I'm too childish, I'm too young, I don't know how to speak. So wherever you are on the journey of life, whether very, very young or very, very old, God is not finished with you. God has work to help make a difference in this world, to bring light to the darkness, love to the hate, forgiveness and grace and mercy and how we live our lives to allow the light of Christ to shine through us. That's our task. But as the book of Hebrews brings up, we cannot do it alone. 
We need the community of faith called the church to help us on that journey of faith. And all of us know, being part of a church, the church is far from perfect. And we can't romanticize the church because the church is made up of human beings. But how I like to define the church is this. The only thing divine about the church is God's presence. The rest of the church is made up of human beings mucking around, trying our best. It's you and I who are mucking around. And sometimes we do well, and sometimes we don't do well. And sometimes we wish the church was better than it was. We wish the church that did more. That to realize how important the church is for our journey of faith, to help us keep on going, to continue to press on towards the goal that God wants us to. I think it was Leonard Sweet who had this interesting observation about the church. It goes like this. The church is loving as much as you and I are loving. The church is as forgiving as much as you and I are forgiving. The church is inviting as much as you and I are inviting. The church is caring just as much as you and I are caring. And the church is as faithful as much as you and I, and as unfaithful as you and I. The only thing divine about the church is God's presence. The rest of it is made up of people who feel the call of God to try to serve God in this world that we live in. And so we need each other because the reality, every one of us is going to stumble. And we need God's grace and brothers and sisters to help us stand again. All of us are going to make mistakes, wander off in the wrong direction, and we all need God's grace and brothers and sisters to guide us back on. I mean, it's hard to stress the importance of being part of a community of faith that support and care for one another because we are called to go out into the world and serve the world and bring the light and love of Christ to that world. And recognizing this, and it's All Saints Sunday, I'd like you to join me in this prayer written by St. Anselm in the 12th century. So let us pray together. O oh, merciful God, fill our hearts, we pray, with the graces of your Holy Spirit, with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Teach us to love those who hate us, to pray for those who despitefully use us, that we may be your children, our Father, who makes your Son to shine on the evil and on the good, and send rain on the just and on the unjust. Amen. At this time, we want to celebrate the Sacrament of Holy Communion. I hope everyone has a little capsule. I long for the day when we can have one loaf of bread. Again, those good old days. Those are good old days. So on the night that Jesus betrayed, his disciples gathered around the table, and Jesus took a loaf of bread, and he lifted it up and said, Blessed are you, Lord our God, 
creator of heaven and earth. This is my body broken for you. Then Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. So let us take and taste this bread that God has broken for us. And after the supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave a blessing. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, Savior of the universe. And he said, this is my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this and often as you remember to me. So let us taste this juice. And let us pray. Gracious God, with a taste of bread and juice, when we taste the new life we find in Jesus Christ, guide us and strengthen us on our journey of faith. Help us to be aware of our need of others to help us on the journey and help us be aware of others that we may be a help to them. For it is in giving and receiving that we journey together as brothers and sisters united in the love of Christ. Help us to recognize our differences, but also to respect one another as children of God, as people seeking to be faithful to the way of Christ. I ask you, God, to bless this community of faith in ways that they serve you. I give thanks for all the ministry that they perform now, but help us see new visions, new ideas. May we hear and recognize your voice as you call us forward. This we pray in Christ's name, and the people of God said together, Amen. <laughs>